Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Good morning, everyone. And whatever time you're watching or listening to this, I hope you're having a beautiful, uh, calm, peaceful day. We could live in a world of natural abundance. And that, I think, is what we all strive for, to live in a world of peace and compassion and love and kindness. So how do we get there? Uh, This is what we are discussing today on Voice America Radio and Jane Unchained. And of course, what would Jane Unchained be without our fabulous mascot, Little Rico, who is here by my side. And today we have another wonderful guest, Laura Cascada of Animal Outlook, formerly Compassion Over Killing, an organization that's been around for many, many years, rebranded just now as Animal Outlook. We'll talk about that in a second. Laura, what is the focus of your organization and how does it relate right now to all the incredible things happening with the plant-based movement globally on the corporate level and the consumer level? Well, we're brand new called Animal Outlook. We've been compassion over killing for the last 25 years. And now Animal Outlook is ushering in a new era of compassion. And we, our goal is to be an unwavering voice for farmed animals. And part of that work is convincing companies with the help of all of our supporters to make vegan food mainstream, to make it accessible to consumers nationwide. And so that's why we're here today is to talk about our progress that we've made with one of these huge companies, Starbucks, and how we're getting so close to having vegan food put on menus around the country at these restaurants. And you know what? And I'll go back to my gallery view. If you see me looking down, it's because I am sharing this video on Facebook. I urge everyone watching to share this video on Facebook and um, be part of the conversation because we all are in this together. Climate change is going to affect everyone. So first of all, I want to say uh, Starbucks, we're discussing Starbucks, and you know I watch all the big programs, CNBC and um, all these business programs, and they talk about all these companies. So that's exactly what we're doing. But I also invite Starbucks on anytime, and I have some statements from Starbucks that I'm going to read. So um, let me just start by saying that Starbucks uh, CEO Kevin Johnson has announced a renewed focus on sustainability with an eye toward eventually giving more than we take from the planet. That's a quote, giving more than we take from the planet with the goal of being resource positive, eliminating waste, um, storing more carbon than we emit, providing more clean, fresh water than we use. And of course, Starbucks has 31,000 stores around the world serving 100 million customers per week. So tell us, what you've been doing vis-a-vis Starbucks. Yeah, so for about four or five years now, with your help, Jane, we've been running a campaign encouraging Starbucks to take the next step and add vegan food options. They've already done a great job with the milks. Obviously, they've got, I think, 
four different kinds of vegan milk now, almond, oat, uh, soy, and coconut. So naturally, the next step is to add vegan food. And they have 75 million US customers every month stepping foot in their stores. So if those people are seeing vegan food options right there behind the counter every day, day in and day out, a lot of them are bound to try those options. And these people could become new vegans. We call them pre-vegans right now. But these people will be exposed to more compassionate eating in places that they're already going like Starbucks. So we've been working really hard on that for the last few years, encouraging Starbucks to do that. We've gone to their shareholder meetings. We've um, asked them, hey, Starbucks, when is this going to happen? And we've heard pledges from them to add vegan food and we've been waiting and encouraging. And now it seems like finally we're starting to make some progress. And Starbucks has hinted at the fact that they may be introducing a vegan meat option on their breakfast menu in the near future, uh, just like their rival Duncan. I think they're trying to keep, you know, keep um, up with the trend and make sure that they're not left in the dust. So we're really looking forward to what options Starbucks might have um, around the corner. Yes. And I'm reading from uh, Reuters right now, Starbucks Corporation aiming to add more plant-based food and drinks to its menu, make its packaging reusable and invest in better waste management. CEO Kevin Johnson said on Tuesday, as part of the company's latest plan to become more environmentally friendly, Starbucks, which sells sausage, breakfast sandwiches, chicken wraps, and smoked salmon bagels with cream cheese, did not say by when. So um, are you in conversation with Starbucks or how does that work? We've talked with them in the past um, and we've had some communication back and forth and um, some of our latest communications have been actually at the shareholder meetings. We've bought um, shares in Starbucks. So Animal Outlook can now attend the shareholder meetings and ask them in person. And for the last two years, that's exactly what we've done. Um, In the first year, 2018, we went and we got a promise from the chief operating officer right there that a new vegan line was on the way. Um, And they did introduce a vegan cookie, but unfortunately, it didn't last very long. I don't think it was the best vegan cookie they could have done. So now I think they're really scaling back and looking at how can we introduce a really appealing vegan option. And that's important because we want people to see that vegan food is not just accessible and easy and you can grab it on the go, but it's also tasty. And we're seeing so many of those options now with the Beyond Burger and um, Dunkin' obviously just off, started offering the Beyond Sausage Breakfast. And I think Starbucks is realizing it's time to catch up. So we've heard pledges from them at the shareholder meetings. And now they're actually putting it into writing on their website that more plant-based options are around the corner. And once again, we invite Starbucks on anytime. We'd love to dialogue with them. Listen, nobody can argue their coffee tastes good. Um, but we all, as vegans would love to see more plant-based options. Now, when we say more plant-based options, it's not like they don't have bananas in their stores or, or certain nuts or even some, um, you know, very specialized vegan options. I've had, I think of an acai bowl and, um, a chia seed bowl, which were quite tasty, but let's face it. American consumers, um, like things like a wrap, uh, a breakfast, uh, sandwich and those kinds of things. So when we talk about adding vegan food menus, we're not saying that, oh, they're completely devoid of vegan items because, um, you know, some, as some people say to me, I've never had a vegan meal. I said, well, have you ever had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? (laughs) Yeah, you've had a vegan meal. So, uh, what we're talking about, I think is significant, um, and, uh, saleable vegan items. Now I have to say I was in Zurich, Switzerland, 
um, not this past summer, but the summer before. And uh, I went to the Starbucks to have some coffee and there was a vegan falafel. And actually this woman next to me and, uh, and I ordered at the same time and there was one left and we had a little funny comical kind of tug of verbal tug of war over it. And uh, I got it because I wanted to <laughs> taste it. And I thought it was important from a journalistic standpoint. And I was live. Um, and what was, it was delicious. The vegan falafel wrap. And it was delicious. And then the guy behind the counter says, oh, this happens all the time. They sell out like crazy and people argue over the last one. And of course, what I was thinking is, well, if this is a tasty vegan falafel that everybody's scarfing up here in Zurich, why don't we have more of this kind of item in the United States? So it's, it's um, you know, again, it's about making something that people like. We've seen the companies throughout the years when they first started offering vegan companies. And I'm not talking about Starbucks now. I'm talking about companies in general. I think we've all had the experience of, oh, there's a vegan item. And then we go in there and we go, this is not really the kind of vegan item that's going to go anywhere. But now we've proven beyond a doubt that vegan items can taste not just as good, but better than non-vegan items, that plant-based is all the rage, that the Golden Globes, the Critics' Choice, and the SAG Awards all went plant-based, that Beyond Meat was the most successful initial public offering since the 2008 financial crisis. Uh, there's no excuse for saying, well, we can't make something that is going to appeal to the public when um, there are various major food chains offering vegan plant-based items that are appealing to the public. We all remember the KFC uh, vegan uh, uh, test that happened yeah. and it, it sold out so fast and there were lines around the block. So how does that factor into the equation? Yeah, well, definitely you make a good point that we, we do need these better options, these tastier options. And I think Starbucks learned that with their cookie trial and they've had various options. Like you say, they've had bananas and um, grain bowls and things like that. We did get a cupcake in Miami for a little bit and some ice cream in LA. So various Starbucks have had options. Starbucks UK has a myriad of options. They've got vegan mac and cheese. They've got vegan wraps. Um, and so now it's time to bring those over here. And the importance of of them being tasty because vegans, we can already, we find our food, we can get it anywhere, but the, the, these options aren't for us. These are for all the people who may not have tried these options before. And so for Starbucks where everybody goes to Starbucks, almost everybody for that company to have vegan options on its menu is game changing. Just like when Burger King started offering a plant-based Whopper, um, that was the biggest scale of a, of a chain having a vegan option at the time. That was actually a significant option that a regular omnivore would go in and want to replace their meal with. And that's, that's the goal is that omnivores start replacing their meals with these plant-based meals. We have a caller on the line, Shannon from Florida. Shannon, what's your question or thought? Well, first of all, I just want to say how awesome I think it is that Laura said pre-vegans, because um, that's what my son <laughs> and I say, and we don't like to say non-vegans or meat eaters, so it's just so cool to be promoting that type of language. It's important. And then also, uh, yeah, Starbucks, you know, I think they're going to put out amazing vegan food this time. I hope so. Amazing plant-based food. And I can't wait really to see which company is going to either open a completely plant-based location 
or like one of them's going to do it overnight. I know it and just blow everybody away. And they might take a little bit of a hit at first, but then they're going to be like leading the way. And it's going to be really interesting to see. And I think it's going to happen because with all the award shows and everything that's happening, it's just so amazing. Um, what's really interesting is that when Starbucks made this announcement reportedly, um, according to the news outlets I was looking at, um, that was what triggered Beyond Meat stock to jump. So even though they didn't say Beyond Meat, it triggered that because Beyond Meat's on everybody's tongues and they've made so many deals and, um, McDonald's is test marketing a Beyond Meat burger in Canada or has been, um, in the previous few months. So, um, you know, one of the things I'd like to say is that these newscasters and these commentators, is anytime they mention Beyond Meat, they say, well, you know, and it's not any healthier. Yes, it is. I mean, it's cholesterol-free. Right there, it makes it healthier. And processed meat, which is how most people eat a lot of their meat, is officially, according to the World Health Organization, carcinogenic. So we're talking about bacon, deli slices, processed meat. Uh, you can go on the World Health Organization website and take a look at it. And as we know from cholesterol, which leads to plaque, which can lead to heart disease, not in every case, but in a, a huge number of cases, one out of every four people dies of a heart attack So in this country. So um, obviously, just by not being uh, animal products, it is healthier. So um, where do you see this going? In other words, there is no by when. So what's next for Animal Outlook, uh, formerly Compassion Over Killing, to continue on its campaign? Yeah, so interestingly, Starbucks, well, first of all, they tied this into their environmental commitment, which that's another great point. Not only is vegan food healthier, but it's also more environmentally sustainable. I mean, if you think about the amount of water that goes into one pound of beef, you could fill that with six months worth of showers, or you could just eat a veggie burger and save the same amount. So I think Starbucks is realizing that that this is a crucial part of their sustainability goals. But they did say on their website that they're implementing all of these goals by around 2030, which is obviously a little bit too late for just adding a veggie burger. I do think that that step is going to come a lot sooner, especially because Duncan has made so much progress. Um, and we've been involved in that campaign too. We've been urging Duncan for many years to make its menu more vegan friendly. And we just had this recent victory with the Beyond Sausage. I think that within the next year, Starbucks is going to have something um, since they're hinting at it already. They've probably already got it in the pipeline. So we'll continue to encourage people to call. Um, they have a nice website. If you um, go to ideas.starbucks.com, you can actually submit your idea for what vegan option you want. And they do listen to those ideas. They've implemented dozens of them in their stores. So we'll continue to keep the pressure on and keep um, sending consumers to Starbucks to tell them what they want. Um, but also Shannon from Florida made a good point um, that now that we are seeing all of these vegan options on menus, we're going to start seeing the next wave of changes. And Animal Outlook is really working on that too, not just getting these options into restaurants, but really changing the landscape of the food system. And we've been encouraging huge food giants like Tyson Foods and Nestle to continue to shift their whole supply chain more toward plant-based options. So not just adding the options, but really getting the shift in the production side of things to move toward more compassionate options. Yeah. And by the way, if you see me looking at paper, it's all 100% recycled. And I had to print some of this out because I'd probably disconnect uh, Laura if I tried to read it off of my computer while I'm doing 
uh, a Facebook Live, and a radio show. Uh, but we use very little paper only when we absolutely have to here at Jane Unchained. So I'm looking at some of the headlines. So this one is pretty amazing. These are not vegan uh, websites or periodicals. These are some of the top business periodicals. So this one is from Market Watch, and it says, can Starbucks save the planet by cutting dairy? Activists and investors respond. Before I get to this, let's go to the line. We've got Lisa from California on hold. What's your question or thought, Lisa? Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for doing this show today. And um, I just wanted to let you, I just wanted to say that I do go to Starbucks. Of course, I use the plant-based milks. And it just it frustrates me that they, they have a surcharge. And I think that, that, that it's just, I feel like I'm being robbed because they don't give you a, a discount for, your, for not using the dairy milk. And, but they're charging you extra for the plant-based milk, and I just think it's wrong. I would love to see a class action suit against them to refund everybody for the, for the dairy milk that they paid for it in proceeds. Uh, very good points. Um, again, I think we want to give Starbucks props for being more transparent about the impact of dairy on the climate. And in fact, um, to your point, uh, we have this headline that says, can Starbucks save the planet by cutting dairy? Actors and investors respond. We're going to leave, read a little bit more from this Market Watch article, but we are going to be taking a short break now on Voice America Radio. However, we are staying live on Facebook. We're going to be back in one second. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Oh, 
right. Welcome back. Uh, we are here on uh, Voice America Influencers Radio slash Facebook.com slash Jane Velez Mitchell, which is the Jane Unchained page with Laura Cascada of Animal Outlook, formerly Compassion Over Killing, and our mascot, Little Rico, our Chihuahua Rescue from Puerto Rico. Um, let me let me take a break for a second and ask you, why did you change your name from Compassion Over Killing to uh, Animal Outlook? That's a great question. Well, Compassion Over Killing has been around now for 25 years. We're just hitting our 25th anniversary, and we've seen some major victories. We've made countless vegans. We've um, battled the animal ag industry through our undercover investigations. We've gotten, you know, dozens and dozens of um, vegan options on various menus over the years. And as we usher in this new era, it was really time for us to grow up and mature and just bring in a new era of compassion. Um, And so our new name really reflects our unwavering um, stance of being the voice for animals, being the voice for the beings who are often unheard in our society. You know, they, they, they have voices, but we often don't listen to them. And so Animal Outlook is the, the voice for the animals, the perspective of the animals. And we're charging forward into the next 25 years with this more grown-up look. If you go to our website, animaloutlook.org, you can see it's you know really stylish, really um, on point, And just, you know, we're really charging forward. We're, you know, not, you know, not playing games. We're serious. We want to be there and really change the landscape for animals. So that's what our new look and feel is all about. And I think it'll it'll help us be even more powerful as we go forward in these campaigns to really team up with companies because companies like Starbucks, we want to show them that it's it's in their benefit to add vegan options to their menus and to shift more toward plant-based options. Um, this is what consumers are looking for. It's healthier. It's a lighter carbon footprint. So it's really a win-win-win all around. And um, with our new name, I think we're in a better position to team up with these companies and um, you know, come to the come to the um, stage with them and um, partner to help them. You know, move forward in the plant powered revolution. I, I want to mention something. And by the way, little Rico thinks your name, your new name, is awesome. He says, I'm, <laughs> "Yes, I like Animal Outlook." Um, but um, you may raise a very important point. Whereas climate change is an existential threat. I mean, you just heard Al Gore the other day saying. You know, it's up there with the major catastrophes of not all, not only our lifetimes, but of errors and eras and eras. And um, everything and everyone is going to suffer if climate change hits uh, an ecological apocalypse tipping point, which it's barreling towards. And whereas it's very hard to get governments even when they reach deals to follow through with them and not back out, you know what I'm talking about, the Paris agreements, et cetera. And that's like moving a giant uh, you know, a battleship that takes a long time to turn around, whereas consumer decisions, consumer choices can have an immediate impact if it's done on a large scale. And whereas every company from Starbucks to McDonald's to Burger King to uh, the list is every company, tech companies, tourist companies, travel companies. I mean, travel is going to be, it's already been completely um, derailed in a sense by uh, climate change incidents. At tourism, obviously, look at the Caribbean. Uh, you know, it's in everybody's self-interest. 
It's time for corporations, I believe, this is my personal opinion, to stop looking past the next quarter, to stop looking at the next quarter, look past that, and realize that uh, if it's too hot to walk across the street, that's going to hurt everybody. If if we're up to our knees in water, where where is, you know, business is going to be shattered. I mean, look at what's happening in Venice, Italy, where this this historic city is now dealing with water that 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 is going up through the houses. And we all know that when that happens, it's not a question of just draining it. There's mold and other toxicity that occurs. Um, I'll give you an example. I was in um, uh, Texas and I happened to have a couple of hours and I wanted to go see the Alamo. And I had a little suitcase with me because I was traveling. I started walking from my hotel to the Alamo. I got so tired and overwhelmed from the heat that I said, forget about it. I can't, this is not fun. Now, that was just a wake up moment for me. Like, wow, this is really going to impact tourism. If, and not to mention that if parts of the earth become too hot to sustain human life comfortably, we know productivity drops. I mean, I could go on and on forever. So it's in the interest of all these CEOs and these executives of these giant corporations to realize that we're all in this together. And it's in their self-interest to start reducing their carbon footprint. To wit, I'm going to get back to this article. Uh, and again, I invite Starbucks on anytime. And I think that their statement is wonderful. It's a question of the follow-through. And we're discussing it. Um, so this market watch, can Starbucks save the planet by cutting dairy? Activists and investors respond. So it says here, the, the biggest single move by Starbucks customers who want to go green might be to stick with black coffee. Overall, dairy accounted for 21% of the company's global carbon footprint in 2018, the latest year for which data is available. Let me say that again. Overall, dairy accounted for 21% of the company's global carbon footprint. Now, they actually put out and it's an, another graph that I have in another article, they actually put out a chart that showed it. And here it is right here. Here's the chart. And so this oh. is source, Starbucks Corporation. And this is from Yahoo News uh, Finance. It says Starbucks global carbon footprint. Um, dairy, 21%. Coffee, 11%. This is a coffee company. And yet the dairy is approximately twice the carbon footprint of the coffee, well above the waste, which is just 9%, well above the food, which is just 7%, well above equipment and feature uh, fixtures, employee uh, commuting. Um, it's above everything else that is listed on this chart. Dairy. So... We know that this past week there was a campaign to get Starbucks to stop upcharging for dairy. So kudos to Starbucks for saying that, uh, you know, they want to reduce their carbon footprint, but whereas dairy is the biggest chunk there in that chart at 21%, wherefore, don't upcharge for dairy is what that caller just said. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think there are a number of groups working on a campaign regarding that. And I think that's a promising step that Starbucks has actually come forward and admitted that the dairy that they're using is causing such a huge impact. Because I think, you know, five years ago, brands would not have come forward and said that because, you know, there's so much pressure um, just in our society to have dairy be a part of everything from the nutritional guidelines to the dairy industry lobbying. So for Starbucks to come forward and actually admit that and to say that they're going to start trying to work on tackling this problem, I think is a step. And I'm glad that there are groups addressing it. Um, And, you know, I think these, these food giants are really starting to recognize that animal agriculture has to be something they talk about when they're approaching sustainability. Because in the past, I think Starbucks wouldn't have talked about plant-based options and plant-based drinks as being part of its you know, sustainability package that it's going to approach. And similarly, we're even seeing Tyson kind of start to get a little bit of a sense that this is something they are going to have to do something about. Um, They just announced this new sustainability initiative that they're leading, and they've hinted at the fact that they might be rolling out some more vegan options um, in the near future, which is promising because their last attempt to do that, they uh, launched a chicken nugget, a veggie chicken nugget, but it still contains eggs. Um, So that doesn't eliminate the problem of, you know, the the agriculture industry, eggs and um, meat and dairy. It's all one big system that contributes. So I think Tyson even looking into potentially egg-free, dairy-free, meatless options is a promising step. Same with Starbucks um, addressing its dairy consumption they're moving in a good direction. And I think we as consumers need to continue to put that pressure on and say, we need you to um, incentivize the buying of vegan options. So don't, yeah, don't upcharge for them, but put them on your menus, make them tasty and make them accessible. And we also invite Tyson on anytime. Uh, We would love to dialogue with these companies. I mean, I think it would be incredible. So call us and come on, Jane Unchained. We would love to talk (laughs) to you. So uh, let me say this. Um, yes, it's absolutely uh, fantastic that they've been transparent by putting out these figures. And um, some of the people, like the caller said, well, then don't charge more for it. Um, but indeed, this is part of a larger sustainability initiative where they're trying to encourage the use of reusable cups. And discount, I think I remember because I bring my reusable cup, you get a, a small discount. So by that logic, should dairy not only not be charged, you shouldn't be charged extra for dairy-free items, but should you actually get a discount, just like you do for bringing a reusable cup if you order dairy-free. Just something to throw out there because uh, that would make news and that would be a very big way of putting you know, your money where your mouth is to say, yeah, we, we, it, this article says you might want to stick with black coffee. Well, you don't have to stick with black coffee. You can have uh, soy milk and oat milk and almond milk and cashew milk and all these other milks. And uh, to that point, I will say uh, right here, uh, MarketWatch is saying the company has recently included more almond, coconut, and oat dairy alternatives to cow and soy milk at its stores. So there you go. So um, uh, it's a question of what the price point is for that. And so uh, we know that the U.S. government subsidizes dairy and um, animal agriculture in general, uh, but I think at a scale, at a certain scale, you you can offer those items. Uh, well, look, if it you always, listen, 
if, if everything were free, if doing the right thing were free, we'd all be doing the right thing all the time. So I think that that would be, an, that would grab headlines. Uh, and, and I'm actually quoting the woman who called said, why are you charging me more for coconut milk and soy milk and almond milk? If that's the way to go for the environment and you want to help the environment, then don't charge extra. Just charge the same or even give a discount to those people who are ordering dairy-free milks because it's got less of a carbon footprint. So um, what are your thoughts about that? Like these are two separate campaigns uh, with different groups, but obviously they all have the same the same ultimate goal to encourage plant-based options, whether it's a drink or a solid food item. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the goal really is the same. It's making sure that vegan options are front and center, easy for people to get. They don't have to go out of their way and drive to a specialty food store because the general public just isn't at the point where they're going to do that. And obviously there are a few deserts where people can't do that. So that's the goal. And then making sure that those options are affordable, which is why we're looking at fast food places rather than only, you know, high end top of the line restaurants. Um, and so I think their goal with the, the dairy upcharge campaign is very similar to ours just, or the non-dairy upcharge campaign, um, making sure that the more compassionate, more sustainable options are not, you're not penalized for choosing them. Um, and I think Starbucks has hinted that it's going to address that and it's a, a promising development for sure. But also I think something really interesting to remember, and you touched on this a little bit, but um, the fact that the dairy industry itself, it has all of these externalities that aren't built into the cost. So all of the environmental degradation that it causes, the animal abuse. Um, and we've, we've conducted undercover investigations where cows are living in filth and they're abused and, you know, they can't walk. And there's just horrific things. The babies are taken from their mothers, um, you know, just after birth. And all of these costs of dairy aren't built into that cost. If you had to, you know, if you walked in to get coffee and you were ordering milk and all of those costs on the environment to animals and everything else were built into your drink, you'd be paying way more for dairy. But because, you know, it's subsidized, subsidized and it's thought of in this country to be part of a nutritionally balanced diet, um, we have to work harder to break those barriers down. Um, and it's, it is taking time, but I think we're definitely making some progress there. And pretty soon there won't be upcharges for vegan options and they'll be just as affordable as the non-vegan um, you make, counterparts. You raise, you raise a very good point. And a lot of people do not think, when they think of milk, they do not think, uh, about what it really is. In fact, they're offended if you tell them what it really is. It's the breast milk of another species. And that species, a cow, has to be pregnant to produce milk. Doesn't just she or she doesn't produce milk just magically, like all mammals, she has to be pregnant. And then when those babies are born, they have to be taken away from the mother because otherwise they would drink the milk that nature intended for right. them. It's breast milk for baby cows. So the boys, they don't need boys because boys don't become pregnant and produce milk. So they are going into the veal crates, which are obviously extremely cruel. Um, and uh, often they are discarded or killed. And uh, the, the females are also taken away from their mothers. And one of the reasons why it is theorized the abuse occurs is that the, the, that the mothers grieve. We know that. We've seen the videos of the mothers grieving. Every Mother wants to be with her baby, and every baby wants to be with his or her mother. 
whatever species, that is the ultimate truth of nature. And to break that mother-child bond creates grief, creates anxiety. The babies often become despondent. They don't want to drink from the rubber nipple. And yet the uh, workers are tasked with making them drink from the rubber nipple. And that's when things uh, go south often because they have to do things by a certain amount of time. So um, that is the fundamental uh, problem with dairy is that nature intended it for these babies. And in order for us to take it, those babies have to be taken away from their mothers. That alone is indisputable. So um, that's something that I think is bubbling to the surface. Uh, Aaron Janice, Dairy is Scary on YouTube, did a video a long time ago that went absolutely viral. And it's still to this day um, getting tons of views. And so I think that with, with documentaries like What the Health and Cowspiracy and Forks Over Knives and uh, Jane Unchained's documentary, Countdown to Year Zero, um, people are uh, getting more and more aware of, they're starting to think, you know, about what goes into all of this. And, uh, you know, recently there was this ad in the European Union, I think it was actually in the UK, correct, um, where uh, this dad, the, the kid says in the commercial, dad, I don't want to eat animals anymore. And the dad starts whipping up a vegan meal. And there was, uh, the industries came out and said, you know, this is outrageous. And then they had a debate. And in the debate, the woman is saying, well, you know, the little girl's upset because they kill these animals. They slit their throats. And, and the news anchor is like, oh, my God. Oh, very, very upset that this woman is saying this horrible thing. It's like, hello? They didn't fall from trees. Yes, they kill them. Let's let's get real about what's going on here. And it, it was such a moment where you realize that society is so out of touch with what's happening in terms of the food, the meat, the animals, that these are animals that if you even mention that the animals are killed, they become outraged like you've you've done you've you've spoken the uh the truth that dare not speak its name. And so that's the kind of thing we've got to break with people so that they just see the truth. They see what they're really doing. Because I assure you that 99 out of 100 people who are eating animals, if you put the the pig or the cow or even the chicken, right? Because chickens are individuals with individual personalities. If you put them right in front and say, kill this animal right now and go eat it, they wouldn't be able to. They can't even watch videos of the pigs going into the slaughterhouse without getting very upset. Mm-hmm. And they put graphic content warnings over it. Oh, it's graphic. No, it's not. Anybody standing on the street can see uh, that these are trucks and the trucks are filled with pigs and the pigs are going into the slaughterhouse. So that's graphic. It's like the truth, even without seeing the actual death, the, the truth of just these animals arriving to be killed, which says, yes, animals have to die for you to eat bacon. It's too much for people to handle. So that's the kind of cultural shift I think that is occurring. And that's why I think what Joaquin Phoenix did by going to the pig vigil after winning the SAG award was so brilliant and powerful. And Jane Unchained was so humbled and honored. Our contributor, Renee Marinkovich, was there and did a live video interview with him that went viral and has been seen, as I, as I mentioned, it was picked up by, by many, many news organizations. But it was like, yeah, take a look at the reality for a second. So 
we're going to take a one quick break, but on the other side, I want to talk about what's happening in our culture, Laura, because I think that there's a big cultural shift happening. Right? you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And we are here with our mascot, Little Rico, our rescue from Puerto Rico, All Sato's Rescue, great organization. And Laura Cascada of Animal Outlook, formerly Compassion Over Killing. And we've been talking about getting huge companies like Starbucks and others to offer more vegan items. And we're also talking about how the culture seems to be shifting toward plant-based very rapidly just in the last year. And it's accelerating. It's accelerating with almost every day. I go on Yahoo News when I wake up and have a cup of coffee. And there's there's usually several articles now about either Beyond Meat, Impossible Foods, a problem involving animal agriculture, you know, the the, the virus now that everybody's worried about. And the connection to the live markets um, that was brought up by Bill Maher uh, on his HBO show this week, that it seems like a lot of the world's ills are connected to our consumption of animals. Where do you see the culture going, Laura? Well, like you said, even just the last year has been, I think, a huge shift. Uh, the Economist named 2019 the year of the vegan, and I think we're just going to keep accelerating from there. It's not just a trend. I think some you know, industry publications were worried about that at the beginning, saying that plant-based is just the next trend, but it's really growing and growing every year. Um, and now we're at the point where, you know, when I started at uh, Animal Outlook, formerly Compassion Over Killing, just a few years ago, um, it was really hard to get our campaigns moving to get vegan options on main menus like Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. And now these restaurants are just 
jumping on board one after the other after the other. And, um, you know, I can, I live in a rural town um, about an hour and a half from DC. And even in my town, I could go to, you know, Dunkin' um, Sheets is about a half hour away. Like Hardee's, all of these restaurants have Beyond Meat or some sort of veggie option with no animal products. And it's just, it's, it's crazy, but in the best way possible. Um, and I think, you know, going forward, as this awareness builds and as vegan options just become more and more mainstream, we're going to see a bigger shift happening. And that's something that Animal Outlook is going to be working on, like I touched on earlier, um, continuing to push big suppliers, big companies, um, food giants that are churning out a lot of the food we eat, like Nestle and Tyson, um, to really push them to not just churn out one or two options, but shift their whole supply chain so that they're becoming more sustainable as companies. They're moving away from cruel agriculture. Um, we had an investigation that exposed cruelty behind Nestle's supply chain, and we um, found cruelty horning in cows, and we tied it to their ice cream plant um, and horrible abuse. And just recently, Nestle dropped their U.S. ice cream business after being so embroiled in controversy. And then a few days later, they uh, launched Vegan Nesquik. So it's just really exciting, the rapid success succession of changes that are happening. And we invite Nestle on, too. Uh, we would love to talk to representatives from Nestle, Tyson, Starbucks. Um, yeah, the world is absolutely changing. And to me, the moment that I felt the shift, there's various moments. Like when Joaquin Phoenix spoke at the Golden Globes, I felt society shift. There are moments where you can actually, it's palpable. Because he was applauded when he said, thank you for acknowledging animal agriculture's role in climate change, people didn't roll their eyes, they applauded. People are now waking up to that, even though the mainstream media still pretty much, if it's advertiser-based, they ignore it. And of course, the reason is, look at the, uh, look at the commercials, meat, dairy, and pharmaceuticals, the three industries that would suffer most if people went plant-based, because you wouldn't need uh, so many of the statins and you wouldn't need so many of the other drugs that are connected to um, preventable illnesses that are dietary based. So uh, what do you see about media waking up to this issue, Laura? Yeah, it, it's it's kind of crazy how even the industry like QSR, Quick Service Restaurant, their magazine is constantly reporting on plant-based trends. Um, it's even um, Watt Agnet and Meat, um, meat and poultry, these magazines that are made for producers um, are even churning out articles and whole issues devoted to plant-based meat. So it's really become hugely mainstream. And it's not, like you said, you don't just, you say you're vegan, you don't get that eye roll anymore. Like Joaquin Phoenix got um, cheered and applauded. And um, I think people are more and more looking at this as a sustainable lifestyle and movement rather than just a fringe trend. Um, and that is reflected in the media. And it's sort of becoming more and more of an undisputable fact that um, this kind of lifestyle is more sustainable. So it's not, you know, this fringe science or anything like that. How much of it has to do with the wide reports about the Amazon on fire, largely because of the cattle ranchers setting fire to the Amazon forest so that they could tear that down to have cattle grazing land. And also the tremendous coverage of the horrors in Australia, the fires were uh, untold numbers. I've heard everything from a half a billion uh, to more uh, animals are, are 
dying and were killed. And now there a lot of them are starving and they're airdropping carrots. I mean, you know, people, here's the, the problem is that a lot of times until somebody can see it, right, see it, smell it, taste it, hear it, touch it, they don't acknowledge it as an issue that can affect them. And then all of a sudden, boom, we had fires here in LA. I went to the Malibu fires. We were involved in some animal rescue and literally the flames started surrounding us in my car, in my Prius. And I said, I'm making an executive decision because I'm behind the wheel. We're getting out. And I swear to you, if I had lingered five minutes, I don't know if we had gotten out. It moved so fast and it was visceral for me. I've obviously I'm a believer in climate change being a man-made phenomenon and uh, that we can reverse climate change by diet change. If we all went vegan, we could immediately begin reversing climate change right now, uh, as opposed to waiting for governments to whatever, get their act together, which is, you know, that's a, that's a long shot. And, uh, but, but I will say that when I had that visceral moment of seeing the fires, it became very real to me as a human being. Yeah, it's horrifying. I mean, I feel sick thinking about this. And I think just people almost feel powerless. Like they can't do anything about the Amazon fires because they're here and those are way down there. And um, same thing with Australia. But I think, you know, eating more sustainably is one thing that we can do. And it really, you know, each fire might not be directly linked to, um, you know, like you can't, you can't say like, oh, I eat a veggie burger. I'm going to solve this fire. But overall, the more of us who do, the fewer of these extreme weather catastrophes um, are going to be happening because climate change is largely attributable to animal agriculture and the devastation of the Amazon, um, resource shortages, all of that can be largely prevented with more sustainable eating. And it's not just eating local or eating organic. Um, Animal agriculture has a huge uh, carbon footprint on its own. And the United Nations has even said like a, a shift toward a vegetarian diet is crucial and is necessary to stop the biggest impacts of Um, global warming at this point. So it's not something that we can ignore. And so I think one of the biggest things we can do is shift to plant-based eating. And, um, you know, a a lot of people say, well, can I just eat more sustainably raised beef or sustainably raised cattle? Um, But if, even if we tried to convert all of the um, cows who were being raised to food um, to free grazing, um, pasture raised cattle to be more sustainable, we'd have to use so much land. We'd have to clear cut all of the forests and use all of the cities. And it's just, it's not possible. Actually, it's the cattle in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Other animals that are the problem. Uh, A huge percentage of our land that is non-ice usable land in the order of uh, more than a third is used for cattle grazing. And so if we didn't have cattle to graze, which by the way, they're not making love, they're all forcibly impregnated, and we know what that is, um, then we could take that grazing land and reforest it. When that land's reforested, it's absorbing, sequestering the carbon. Trees sequester carbon. So if we took the uh, reported 37% of usable non-iced land and sequest turn that into forest and sequestered carbon we could immediately begin to reverse climate change by the way we're not against farmers in fact uh i'm on the board of an organization 
Rowdy Girl Sanctuary, which has a rancher's advocacy program. Many of these farmers and really their warehouse operators in today's world, concentrated animal feeding operations, are trapped in onerous loans. Many of them are looking to get out. The dairy farmers are suffering. Um, they're looking to get out. And we work with them through the Rancher's Advocacy Program to transition them so that they can make money doing something less harmful to the environment, whether it's mushrooms, peas, hemp. There's a million things they can make that require fewer resources, less land, and can also feed our planet. I mean, the bottom line is that it takes at least eight, some say up to 25 pounds of grain, depending on the variables, to produce one pound of steak. So children are dying in the third world of malnutrition while we're using the most inefficient food source. You know, for those who, who go, eh, think about it. Do you mind if I use you as an example, Rico? <laughs> Little Rico, okay, he's, I think, eight pounds. He eats a lot of food, though. God forbid somebody were to kill him, debone him, take out his eyeballs and all the other inedible parts. Obviously, what was left as flesh sliced up would be a lot less than little Rico is eating. A lot less. Yeah. It's just like that with a cow, a pig, a chicken, a turkey, a goat, a lamb. It's inefficient. Thank you for agreeing to being in that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he agreed, but anyway. Um, um, it's obviously inefficient. You, it's uh, the vast majority of soy produced on this planet goes into farm animals, fed to farm animals. You know, a huge percentage of the fish that's being overfished from the ocean goes into farm animals. So we could just make that one shift. Not only would we improve human health, lower healthcare costs, immediately begin to reverse climate change, as opposed to waking, waiting for some magical solution. Uh, last 30 seconds, Laura, how do you want to sum it up? Well, people can visit our website, animaloutlook.org. They can join our volunteer network, get involved with these campaigns. It really does take vegans and people who are already eating plant-based to encourage these companies to shift so that we're creating these options for future, uh, for pre-vegans to eat vegan in the future. Yeah. And you know, I, I've worked with your organization for so long. You're also involved with doing the DC Veg Fest, right? Yeah. That's our biggest annual festival and it's every summer or fall. So stay tuned for the date announcement coming soon on that. And it's a fun festival right in the nation's capital. Huge, huge. And just a great place to eat great, healthy vegan food, delicious vegan food, go shopping, get vegan belts, vegan all sorts of vegan items. It's, it's a lot of fun. So, you know, it's not a sacrifice. It's an adventure. It's fun. And um, you guys are, are doing such important work. And again, all those companies that we've mentioned, we invite them on anytime. We'd love to dialogue. It's in everybody's self-interest to start realizing that animal agriculture has a, an absolute profound negative effect on our planet in so many ways. Water pollution, uh, climate change, the carbon, uh, the methane, sorry, the specifically that is emitted. Um, so we can, we can make that shift. Now there are alternatives uh, like Beyond Meat Burgers, Impossible Burgers, the Gardein, the cheeses, Miyoko's cheese, tree line cheese, follow your heart cheese. Uh, uh, I don't want to insult anybody, but leaving them out, there's so many vegan cheese makers now that make cheese that you cannot even tell the difference. So try those items in the grocery store. Every grocery store, supermarket around the country has vegan options today. 
Uh, even you go into your local convenience store, they have uh, plant-based milks. So uh, give it a shot if you are not plant-based and see that it's fun. We don't want to be a club. We want we really want to just save the planet and ev- all the living beings on it. So thank you for joining us. And we will thank see you. you next time here on Voice America Radio. And check out janeunchained.com uh, for the very latest on all things vegan, animal rights, climate change. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.